Amen. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Artisan once again. I am excited to be here today. I hope you are too. We are starting a new series called Belonging. It's kind of a mini-series. It's only two weekends, but two weekends that are extremely important and just a wonderful time of celebration. Today we're going to celebrate new life, new life in Christ through the sacraments and the uh, symbol of baptism and reaffirmation and dedication. And then uh, next week, we are going to celebrate membership here at Artisan and welcome new members into our, our family here. So really exciting time. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. As I'm thinking about membership and what that means and being part of a family of faith, I, I had to reflect back on my growing up years. I, I don't know how I come across to people. You know, I don't know what my looking glass self is. But uh, I, I have a feeling that people see me as outgoing. And that is a fallacy. I am one of the most shy people you will ever run into. I can't stand going into a room where I don't know people. It is uncomfortable. I don't like it. But my job tells me I have to do it. And so that helps me get over that fear. And so I, uh, I really know what it's like to walk into a room and feel like an outsider. When I was growing up, I uh, was going to public school up to third grade, and in the middle of third grade, the middle of the year, not at the beginning, at the middle of the year, my parents decided that it would be much better for me to go to a Catholic parochial school instead of public school. And so middle of third grade, I switched and started going to Catholic parochial school, and, uh, oh, I hated it, because now I was the outsider. You know, they had had a full three, four months to get to know each other and know their classmates and things like that, and now I was the new kid, and I was on the outside. And I hated it, so much so that every morning I was sick to my stomach before getting on the bus. I, I did not want to go. It was horrible. And I think we can all, we've all had experiences in our lives. I... I are there times that you've had in your life where you felt like an outsider, where you went in, maybe it was a party that you went into, and you, were the, you maybe were there with a couple of friends, but pretty much you didn't know anybody else? Or maybe it was a work situation, you've gone to some kind of uh, conference or something like that, and you walk in, you don't know anyone, but you really should talk to other people? Uh, everybody have that experience? Anybody experienced that in their lives before? Yeah, so this is a, a common experience that we have. In fact, one of my favorite authors, his name is Marcus Buckingham. He's written a bunch of books. It talks about business and management and stuff like that, but uh, I think that what he says is, uh, has a, a, can apply across a, a, a breadth of, of situations. And he was talking about this in his uh, book, The One Thing You Need to Know. So if you want to know just one thing that's going to change your life forever, you can read Mark. Buckingham's book, The One Thing You Need to Know. And in that book, he's quoting an anthropologist, Donald Brown. And he points out that in uh, humanity, across all civilizations, across all cultures, there are some common things that we have as, as uh, humans. And one of them was fears. And uh, the one fear is the fear of the outsider, that across cultures, across time, across civilizations, that all of us have a fear of the outsider. And so we naturally want to be part of the inside group so that we're not the outsider, so that we're not ostracized, that we don't have to be feared. And 
all of us have that desire, that need in our life to be part of the group. And I think that that's so true even in, in today's culture. And, and you see, we have this kind of tension in our culture today because our culture says that we need to be independent. We need to do things on our own. We need to be strong, individual. And so we have this need that we feel to be part of the group, to be included, but then culture tells us we need to be independent and individualistic. So I think God in his word, as one of the great things about, about Christ is that he is very counter-cultural, both in his time and also in our own. And uh, I think he speaks to us in our guiding passage, our guiding scripture for these two Sundays is going to be found in Ephesians. And I invite you to turn there if you have a Bible with you. If you didn't bring one, there's one on the floor underneath your chair. Uh, the verses will be also up on the screen, but I invite you to, to open up the Bible and, and get to know where things are in there. Ephesians is in the New Testament. Uh, it's in the section of the New Testament called the Epistles, specifically the Pauline Epistles. They're just letters written by Paul. And if you find yourselves in like Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, just keep going to the right, and eventually you're going to start hitting uh, things like Galatians and then Ephesians, and then uh, if you hit Philippians, you've gone too far, flip back. So um, find yourself in Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at the first six verses of Ephesians chapter 4 today, and then next week we'll pick it up at verse 7. But this week, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6, and really see how God is inviting us to be countercultural. God is inviting us not to be individualistic, not to lose our individual gifting, because God gives us all individual gifts. But, and we'll talk more about that next week and how that all applies, but this week, how to be part of the group, and that he's made us and designed us in that way. So Ephesians 4 Verses 1 through 6, Paul is writing to us and to the Ephesians at that time, but also, I believe, to us today. And he says this, he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of God, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope, to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. See, God is saying that there is this one group that he really wants you to be a part of. When, when God created humanity, uh, the, the early chapters of, of the First Testament in Genesis talks about how he created us to be in God's image. And right from the very beginning, when that whole chapters of Genesis lays out the creation story, it talks about how he created human, humanity, man and woman, to be in his image. What we don't get in the English translations is when it uses the word God, when we read the word God, we are created in God's image. The word in the Hebrew is plural. It's Elohim. The I am on the end of the word actually means multiple people. 
So even in the earliest parts of Genesis, we, we talk about we are created in the image of God. God is, exists in fellowship. He exists in what we call the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's this mystery that, by very definition of mystery, we can't really explain how do you get the three in one. Well, we really don't understand how that all works. That's why it's called a mystery. But we do know that God exists in fellowship. God exists in a multiple Godhead. And therefore, as he creates humanity in his image, he creates us with a need to be in fellowship with other people. And not just any fellowship, but here in Ephesians it talks about how he invites us to be part of the one family, the one fellowship that God has created, God's people, his very own people. And as with membership, I... Anybody, anybody do the Greek thing in, in college? Anybody do the whole thing? Okay, a couple of you uh, that were brave enough to admit that you did the Greek thing. That I, I, I didn't understand the Greek thing. I came from a small college, so we didn't, we didn't have a really big Greek system. Um, and, uh, but I, I understand that in some colleges, you know, there, is, there are so many people there. And there are so many groups that, you know, the Greek system is a way to get involved and become on the inside, the in-group. And so what do you, what do you need to do as a Greek in, in the Greek system? You have to, what's the first thing you do? Pledge, right? You have to pledge. You have to go through the, the horrible hazing of, of uh, the Greek system. And uh, some Greek groups, some Greek groups are nice and don't do that. But, uh, so there's the pledge system. There, there's, there's, there's a rite of initiation Right? And then you become part of the in-group. And so God, as he's laying this out, there are requirements to become part of this in-group. But the amazing thing is, is that we don't have to do any of them. God in his plan has, has laid out, okay, I want you to follow after me. I, have, I want you to be one of my children is what he says. I want you to be part of my family. And in order to be part of my family, well, here's what you need to do. You need to die. Because as the word tells us, the wages of sin, and we have all sinned. We just did a huge series the past four weeks about failed Christians. If you haven't heard it, I invite you to go check it out on uh, iTunes or at our website. Uh, We are all failed in a way. And he says, because of your failure, the wages of your sin is death. So to enter into my family, you have to die. But he has paid the price already through the gift of his son, Jesus. And see, that's the great thing. That's the thing that I think kind of sets Christianity apart from all other faith groups, is that the price has already been paid. That death has already been done. And it's through Christ. So Christ has already paid that price for us. Our initiation fees, our dues have already been paid. In fact, when Christ died on the cross, his last words from the cross were to die," which means it is finished. Or another way that that could be translated is paid in full. Our dues have been paid for our membership into this wonderful group called God's family. So as a member of the group, 
there are also benefits that come along with that. And some of us that have been part of this family for a long time can talk about the benefits. And, and today what we're going to celebrate, though, is the, the benefit of being part of the group. It's the benefit of being part of God's family. We often talk here at Artisan about how we can be uh, a member, which is part of the family, or you can be friends of the family. And there are some here today that I know that uh, have not taken that step of faith. And uh, you're, you're a friend of the family. And we welcome you to be part of this fellowship and be part of what God is doing here. And it's exciting to see that and to see the journey and the walk and the journey along with you. And then there are people that have made that step of faith and they are part of the family. And that's what we're going to celebrate today is this wonderful step of faith to say that I once was not a follower. I once was maybe walking alongside the path of Christ, but now I've taken that one step over the line and now I'm following after Christ and I am part of God's family. And I want to show that and demonstrate that and we're going to do that today through the gift and and the symbol and the sacraments of baptism. And so I want to keep this short as we uh, as we go to that because that's really what's going to preach today if you want to if you want to think about it that way. That's really what's going to tell God's message about new life, about entering into community, about entering into to fellowship with God. So to wrap up I think another place that that Paul talks about this this welcoming into the body, welcoming into this family of Christ. He, he specifically uses the imagery of a body and the, how the body has many members, but it's all one body. And that's found in 1 Corinthians. If you want to flip a little bit to the left in your Bibles, you can find it in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, and then also in verse 26. Paul says this, He says, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. And here's the verse that I think speaks to to our, our time together today. If one member suffers... All suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. And today we're going to honor, and today we're going to rejoice, and we're going to celebrate what God has done. We're going to celebrate what God is doing in and through people here at Artisan and in our neighborhood and our city and throughout the world. God has called people to be part of his family. He's welcomed each and every one of us. There are some that have made that step of faith. There are some that are still walking on that journey and have yet to, to take that step to the, to the side and join the, the, after the following after Christ. And, and, uh, and so today, as we are celebrating, as we are baptizing, we invite you, no matter where you are in your journey with Christ, to reflect on God's calling, God's invitation to be part of his family. And if you are already part of the family, let's celebrate together. And if you're investigating that journey, oh, we hope that you would join the family. We'd love to call you brother or sister in Christ someday. And we invite you, and God is inviting you today to make that step of faith.